11 and 7. Hebrews 11, 7. One verse of scripture, and notice what it says. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Notice the word prepared. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now notice something else. He didn't build the ark after the rain started falling. Noah didn't wait till it started raining before he started building the ark. You know, a lot of people want to wait and procrastinate and just hang on a little longer before they have to get serious about living for God. But can I tell you something? I personally believe it's time to get serious about living for God. <laughs> I really do. I think it's the hour. I think it's the time. Now, I know when I say that, my pastor said it when I was a kid. When I was five or six years old, I remember my pastor saying, the Lord's fixed to come. And in my five-year-old, six-year-old faith, man, I thought he was talking about that day. I mean, it, it scared me a lot of times. I thought when, when they said he was coming, I, I thought, man, the Lord had already told him, and he's getting ready to do it pretty quick, you know. So I got kind of kind of scared. I remember I was in youth camp one time. A guy was preaching about, I think it was Brother Black. I, it's just been too long ago, you know, when I was a kid. That's a long time ago. That was the last century. <clears throat> and I, I, I remember sitting in youth camp in Tauga, Louisiana, and that guy was preaching about the coming of the Lord. He said, what if the Lord came in one hour? I didn't think much about it. But he preached on a few minutes. He said, you know, you only got 45 minutes. And what if the Lord's going to come in this hour? You got 45 minutes. Later. And then he went 30 minutes. I was still flirting with girls and acting silly and not too interested in it. And he got down to 15 minutes and then he got down to 10 minutes and I remember the hairs kind of started standing up on the back of my neck when he said, well, you got one minute left. And he got down to that 10, 9, 8, 7. He started counting them off. And just as he said one, Roger Marcus had snuck out in the dark with his trumpet. And he blew his trumpet when he said 10, 9, 8, 7, got down to one. And when he said one, Roger blew his trumpet. And I'm telling you, hairs stood up on places I didn't know I had hairs. I mean, I, I really thought I was, I, I wouldn't look. I closed my eyes. I was afraid I wouldn't go on in the rapture. And I didn't want to be sitting there watching people going up. It scared me that I couldn't breathe. I, I just, I think that's where I started having heart problems. I'll blame Roger Marcus for my heart problems, you know. But uh, I, I remember that moment, and that's been 70, uh, probably 60, 
maybe 55, 57 years ago, something like that, when I was a teenager. And I still remember that vividly. It, it so impacted me. It so shook me up that I'll never forget it. So what I'm talking to you about tonight, instead of being reactive, I want us to be proactive in our preparation. And most of us in this building are reactive. I see some of you giving me good old Baptist nods. Uh, I, I'm going to change that. It's Pentecostal nods. We got a lot of Pentecostal doing that now. That, that's all they'll do, just give you a nod. And so I see you give me an old Pentecostal nod. We are reactive. Now, what does that mean? Reactive means tending to react, to act in response to an agent or an influence. In other words, we wait until something's happening before we start getting excited about it. Well, for instance, I'm not going to call roofing company until the roof starts leaking. I'm not going to inspect it and notice it's got a big old hole in there to us till it rains, you know. A lot of people wait until water's poured in, then they want to get a roofer to come out, and they don't work in the rain normally. <coughs> it's too dangerous. They, they can't get up there on a slick roof. And so, um, reactive. We want to act in response to something. We want to prepare because we realize there's something going on that we need to prepare for. But I would like to see us move into the proactive thinking and preparation in our lives. And proactive means to uh, serving to prepare for or to intervene in or to control or an expected occurrence or situation. In other words, you know something's fixing to happen. You know a storm's coming, but you don't wait till the storm gets here to go look for a flashlight. You know? You don't wait until the wind is blowing so hard uh, to shut the windows and the doors. You don't wait until, uh, you know, the electricity's off to look for a candle and find a match. Proactive means I know there's a storm coming and I start gathering up my things on my checklist because I know that storm is coming. The word prepared means properly expectant, organized, or equipped, being ready to put things or oneself in Readiness. Getting prepared means getting ourselves ready for what we know is coming. In an ABC News poll, about 35% of Americans polled say they've done very little to prepare for their future. Now, I think that's kind of sad that we don't prepare for our future. If we're not careful, we'll get to where an old man, like Brother Tom, we're just right there together. He's the oldest man in the church, and I'm the second oldest man in the church. 
But you wait until you get our age and then start thinking about what am I going to do. And we're all guilty of that. We all wait until it's almost too late till we start preparing for ourselves. Very few say they planned and prepared for retirement income, college for their children, or for emergency expenses like when you lose your job. How many of you have ever lost a job before? Just several. My goodness, quite a few of you lost your job. And you know, if you don't prepare in advance, it can be very trying times when that happens. A lot of people live from paycheck to paycheck. They spend everything this week and barely make it to Friday and get a paycheck. And before next Friday, it's all gone and they wait for the next Friday to come. If you're doing that tonight, let old pastor help you, all right? Are you ready? Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop spending everything you make. Now, if you don't like that tonight, shame on you. Because one day, if you'll listen to me, you'll say, thank God that I had a pastor to tell me that. But very few people prepare for the future. In this survey, in areas of specific action, 74% said they had life insurance. 50% had a will. And 42% had a living will or a care proxy. Now, let me tell you something. Um, this is just practical teaching tonight, all right? I'm going I'm to get on down there in a minute, but this is important. If you don't prepare a will, it will make it very difficult on your children. Very. Everybody say very difficult. A will is important for you to have. You say, well, I'm young. When did the Lord tell you you were going to die? Has anybody had the Lord to tell you and give you a date? Nobody knows when you're going to die. So when is the day to prepare? Today is. If you do not have a will, if you own anything, if you don't have a will, it's going to be tied up in probate. And the, and the state, the government is going to take it over. Because if you don't have a will, they'll take it over. And your kids are going to have a lot of trouble getting all of that mess straightened out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever had that? So listen to Pastor. Get a will. You say it costs too much. Well, you can get one $700, up to $1,200, depending on who you go to. Are we getting blind? Am I getting blind or is the lights going down? It just it started getting dark in here. I thought, I can't see. something. I'm losing my eyesight. And, and so, get a will. How many will say that with me? Get a will. How many of you will promise me that you'll start looking into it? I'm looking for hands. I'm looking for hands. How many of you will be honest and tell me you don't have a will? Look at all the hands of people that don't have a will. Okay, I'm just giving y'all some good advice. Don't be reactive. 
Be proactive. Think about it in advance. People who are better off financially are much more likely to say they planned and prepared to deal with their future. For example, among Americans with household incomes of more than 75000 a year, 75% say they've planned for retirement. Among those with incomes 30000 a year or less, only 26% are preparing. Higher income people are also much more likely to have life insurance. That's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? That means if you got more money, you can afford more stuff, and I understand that. But a lot of people don't have life insurance. They don't have wheels. And when it all boils down to it, when you get in that position where things start happening, death comes, your family's going to be in a mess. Among unmarried people, just 38% say that they have planned for, for their retirement income on, on Unmarried people, 38%. But on married couples, it does jump up a little bit to 63% that are starting to, to prepare for retirement in their future. Most people wait until something happens and then we react. For instance, how many of you have checked your spare tire in your trunk to see if it has air in it or not? Has anybody done that lately? Dale has, uh, Brother Larson has. Out of this group of, of 200 sitting here, Brother Littlefield, uh, three of my people have checked to see if their spare tire had air. You know what happens? If you don't check it, you get out and have a flat, you pull over uh, to fix your flat, you're going to still be flat. You've done that, Sister Shirley. See, old pastor can help you here if y'all just listen to me. Go out to your car tonight. Just raise the hood, pull that little cap off of that, that spare tire area, and just feel of it and see if it's hard or soft. If it's hard, it's got air. If it's soft, you're in trouble. Go get it fixed. How many of you checked your water and oil in your car before you drove it today? Raise your hand if you checked it today. You did? Okay. Brother Diaz checked it. So in a crowd of 200 people, only one person checked it today. <clears throat> Don't come crying to me and say, Brother Daddy, my car blew up. My engine blew up. I'm telling you right now, you need to go check that oil. You need to check that water level. We hate it when the police flips on the red lights and pulls us over because a headlight is out or a license plate light is out or tags are out or an inspection sticker. How many of you did a walk around your car today before you went to work or before you came to church? You did? Well, look at here. Sister Bennett did. Praise the Lord. Out of... Out of this crowd of 200, one person did it. How many of you have a buffer in your bank account to cover overdrafts? Raise your hand up real high. You know why you do? 
How many of you will say it's because I've talked about it a number of times and that look at the hands are up. You say I can't afford a buffer. You can because you're going to pay those overdrafts. You're going to get the money somewhere to pay the overdrafts. So why pay the overdrafts? Just go get the money and put it in there. Forget you have it. Don't show it. And don't cheat. <laughs> don't cheat yourself out and don't spend that money. How many of you have an emergency cash fund set aside? An emergency cash fund, something happens. Look at the hands. That's good. That's good, but it needs to get better. It needs to grow. How many of you have three months non-perishable food in your, in your cabinets? One, me, my wife, you do? Sister, okay. Sister Carolyn does. Four of us out of 200 people. Maybe some more has come in since you started looking, Brother Phil. I think we have about 280 now. It's growing Bible study. They always come in. Uh, some of them have to work. They get here late. Y'all just move over and make room for them. I just read because of the coronavirus that some store shelves in Washington State were already bare because I think they've had, was it 11 people have died now? About 11 people have died in Washington State. And people panic. And people fear. So I was reading that, and I got on the phone, and I called my kids. I, I talked a long time for Kurt, and then I called Carla. And, and I told them, I said, look, don't get crazy. But just go stock up on the things that you use on a regular basis. And I said, you need to get two or three months supply just in case there's a quarantine, just in case that virus did come to Tyler and it starts breaking out. There, we have no idea what's going to happen. How many of y'all been thinking about that? One or two, three, four? You're thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to help you think about this. So Kurt went and bought. He sent me a picture, and he spent hundreds of dollars on canned goods and non-perishable things that they could eat. I mean, he bought quite a bit. I'm not telling you how much, but he did. And then Carla called me. Then Kurt went Monday. Carla called me Tuesday. She said, Dad, you were right. She said, we just had two confirmed uh, viruses uh, the uh, coronavirus in Austin, Texas. And she said, I went to H-E-B right up here by my house. And she said, Dad, you won't believe it. There was no powdered milk. There was hardly any of those noodles that, that you can mix up real easy. A lot of the canned goods were gone. She said some of the, the shelves were bare. I'm talking about one day after the day we found out that they had two uh, account and I, I, I told her I said Carla I've done read that I've been telling y'all we need to be smart you just need to think about that now, I'm not I'm not saying we need to be panicked and go crazy and take all your money out of savings and go buy food I'm not talking about the end of the world I'm just saying what if it does come to Tyler and they start quarantining off and we can't go out what are you going to do because you cannot go out. They won't let you go out. And you're not going to be able to go to the store and buy it because there's not going to be any food there. 
So I'm telling you, you need to start thinking about it. Sister Kim's going to go buy food right now. She just took off. I hate that. I hate to see y'all leave. <clears throat> what? I know that. I'm kidding. What are you going to do if we get quarantined? You may be thinking, what should I do? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Just buy the things you already use. Buy the things that you eat on a regular basis. Just buy a little more. And they won't be with you very long because you'll eat them up. But everybody, I'm telling you, I personally think that everybody should have at least three months food supply. And a lot better if we had six months to a year and you can buy non-perishable foods. Okay, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there for you to think. Some of you are going to be crying because you don't listen. You won't take me serious, and you're going to be crying, and you're going to want to go to Sister Amy Jane's house, and she's going to say, no, I was smart. I listened to Pastor, and I got food. Don't be shaking your head. Don't call me. Don't come running to me if you don't listen to me tonight. I was using her. I thought she was going to be a good example. She's over shaking her head. Oh, you won't tell them no? Okay, go to Amy Jane's house. Eat up her food. So how many of you have a fire extinguisher? How many of you have one? Okay, now how many of you that raised your hands checked to see if it was charged up recently? Dale, he's the chief of police. He did. Was just one person out of the whole 290, 300 people now that's here. How many of you, or, or what would you do, just think about it, if the banks closed, down if they froze your accounts or deactivated your debit card do you have any cash on hand to survive uh, without your banking without your card without being able to write a check do you have some cash set aside do you have a place that you have some cash well we have all kind of little deals tonight so we need to pay our electric bill don't we <clears throat> and so, how many of you have thought about that? I've been reading a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in our world. Um, there have already some banks that are in major trouble, about to go under. And I've read some articles that scare me to death when they're talking about negative interest rates. Fed's just dropped a percentage rate another half percent. And there for a while, they were right on the verge of negative interest rates. And there's some nations that actually already have negative interest. In other words, you've got to pay them to leave your money in the bank. You don't make anything. You pay. And if you'll read the fine print, when you put money in the bank, that money belongs to the bank. They can use it for emergencies if they have to. And I'm just saying, everybody needs to have an emergency cash fund. You need to have something to get you by until the government can step in there and activate some things to bail out and help us. Uh, hopefully they can. But that, that's something you need to think about. We are reactive. We react to things that happen to us. Sister Kim, did you buy a bunch of groceries that Okay, not proactive and preparing for things before they happen to us. How many of you 
have an alarm system in your home. One, two, three, four, five of us. You know, you don't really need an alarm system until somebody breaks in. So if you don't have an alarm system, you're okay if they don't break in. You don't need auto insurance if you never have a wreck, if your car doesn't get stolen, if you don't get checked by the police. You don't really have to have it. You don't need health insurance until you get sick or have an accident. You don't need a grave plot or a casket until you die. I have no need of a casket right now. I have no need of a grave plot, even though I've got one. I have no need of it, Brother Nick. It, it just doesn't do anything for me until I die. And then I'm going to need one. And that's why some people prepay their funerals. Many people don't think they need God right now. And you don't. You don't have to have it. But I'm going to tell you one day you're going to stand before him. And you're going to wish you had him. Now I personally need God living in this world. I don't want to live in this world without God. I don't want to be here without having God. So I need it. And I think most of you feel the same way. Usually when we see changes on the horizon, we react to them. And we make preparations so we can make it through the difficult times ahead. But the need to be ready is something that none of us will ever escape. Whether it's in our home, our school, our work, whether it's in our private lives, our public lives, there are always things which we need to be preparing for and getting ready for. Henry Ford once said, before everything else, getting ready is the secret to, it, to success. John Kennedy once said, the time to repair the roof is when the sun's shining. I, was, I, I said that a while ago. You don't, you don't want to get up on the roof and repair it when it's pouring down raining. We prepare for our future by getting a good education. We get a good paying job to provide for our family's future. And we have come to a day where a high school education is not enough to guarantee you a good job any longer. You need to specialize in a field and have a trade or a skill that everyone else doesn't have. We work very hard and long hours to provide our families with a home and transportation, food, and clothing. We purchase auto insurance to protect us for an automobile accident, homeowner's insurance to protect us from fire and flood and storms and accidents, hospitalization insurance for sickness and accidents, life insurance for burial policies to prepare us for death, and some people prepare for retirement and pension plans and savings and 401ks and investments. We spend hundreds and thousands of dollars and weeks and months preparing for a wedding that will last about an hour. We spend hours preparing a meal and we eat it in 15 minutes. And the most important event in any of our lives is to be prepared to meet God. And it seems that so many people 
do not put as much time in preparing for this event as we do less important things. And Hebrews 11 says, by faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen, yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Let's look at a few things about Noah. Number one, when you read the story of God telling Noah of the coming flood, you will find Noah believed truly what God had just said to him. He never doubted it, Brother Mike, not one time. He totally believed what God said. Everything Noah did to prepare for the threat of the flood was done in virtue of his simple faith or belief in what God had told him. It was not because he could show from the weather reports that things were headed to such a catastrophic event. Because I know for a fact Noah's iPhone did not have a weather app that he could look at. It wasn't because such an event had happened before. And it was probably that it was likely to occur again. His faith was not because this was the common belief of all men and everyone was expecting it to happen. No, it was simply because God had warned him of something to come and he believed. He put his trust in God and his warning because of his faith in God. Noah would be subjected to much ridicule and scorn. He would be regarded as a dreamer, a fanatic, an alarmist, a wild man. All of this would be heightened by delay. The time was distant. I'd like for y'all to get with Brother Carter and whoever helps in this and get all this mess that's going on tonight straightened out. Uh, I don't want that to happen next weekend with our evangelist. Right in the middle of his message, it goes dark on him. I'd handle it. Don't bother me at all. It's kind of romantic. All of this would be heightened by delay. The time was distant. Four generations would have passed away before the flood occurred. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. Noah didn't hear from God one day and the next day it started raining. He didn't hear that. Noah heard from God and a hundred years later it rained. Young men Young boys grew up to be men, and older men passed from the scene during that time. Generations came and went because God had told Noah it was going to happen, even though it didn't happen quickly, he believed it was still going to happen. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. The Lord has promised us it's going to happen, that there will be a coming, a second coming, what we refer to as the rapture. And it hasn't happened in my time. It has not happened since I was a child 
And now I'm 70 years old, and it still hasn't happened. But I'm here to tell you, I still believe it's going to happen. I'm still preparing for the rapture of the church. I'm still getting ready. Even though it's not raining, I'm preparing my boat to be in the storm. The second thing about Noah, he prepared for the flood with spiritual hearing. Noah had an ear for God. Spiritual hearing comes from spiritual listening. You can't hear God if you're playing with your iPhone while preachers are preaching. There's a lot of guilty people of that in this church. The glow, I see the glow of the Lord on your face. You can't hide that. You think you're fooling me. You're not glowing because you're full of the Holy Ghost. You're glowing because you're reading your iPad or your iPhone while I'm teaching. So I got you figured out. The Bible is not spiritual dessert to be eaten every now and then. It is to be your daily bread. Some of us would be benefited if we just read the Bible every once in a while. We just pick it up and read it and say, God, speak to me. And I believe God would speak to us if we will read his word and we will pray and listen to it. If you have the faith that can protect your children, you have to be a man or woman of the word. If you want to protect your children, you know, you moms and dads, you sanctify your children by your relationship with God. In other words, if your kids are not full of the Holy Ghost, if they have not been saved, if they have not been born again, you and your walk with God will sanctify your children. They will go in the rapture based on you. And when you're not living, you could actually cause your children to be lost because of your unfaithfulness and ungodliness. God has put pastors and teachers and prophets, evangelists in our lives to speak to us. But we got to be hearing what they say. When we come to church, this got to be serious business. You got to pay attention. You got to get with it. It would be good for some of you just to turn loose and to worship every once in a while when you come to church. It feels good to do that. I wear my comfortable shoes on Wednesday night where I can do a little of this. I did some tonight. I like it. I now jig some of you young folks. I probably couldn't, but you got to do it. You just ain't doing it. If you want a blessing, get out there and be a blessing. Get out there and worship God. Get out there and give it your best. You'd be surprised what might happen if you just get worshiping God. And I know some of y'all are already distracted by my alarm. I said it early. If God had no fear, or if Noah had no fear of God, he would have been motivated to build, he would not have been motivated to build the ark. If he didn't have faith in God or fear in God, he wouldn't have fooled with that ark. You think you got it hard living for God. You say, oh, all this faithfulness and man coming to church and paying your tithe. How would you like to have to build an ark? 
for a hundred years with no Home Depot and no Lowe's and no skill saws and no electric drills. Now you think about what that man went through working every day to build his salvation. And you want to gripe about having all this victory and all this fun living for God coming in an air-conditioned building with padded chairs and awesome music and fantastic preaching and teaching, and you want to gripe about that and waste your time? Honey, it's time for us to wake up and get proactive and start preparing and getting ready for the coming of the Lord because Jesus is still coming. And we need to believe that. Oh, I wish I had more time. I just hate time clocks. Oh, you're saying that now, but you wouldn't be saying it long. If I went another 15, 20 minutes, you'd be, you'd be saying, oh, I wish I didn't say anything. I wish I'd have just been quiet. 